God for a mild winter. Amen. I have not shoveled my driveway one time because I looked at the weather and it was supposed to be 40 the next day. And I just figured God will shovel it for me. But if you haven't had, if you do not have a uh, scraper, um, feel free to grab some after the service. And you say, well, I already got one. But if you've got like 14 cars, get one for each. We ordered a lot of these things, take them, give them away at work. I mean, it's just kind of like a, a cool thing, um, that kind of thing. Today, I want to talk to you about the last installment of a defrost about keeping the chill off your soul. And I don't know of anything that will chill your soul any more than having clean lips but a dirty heart. Having clean lips but a dirty heart. Because, see, sometimes we come in and we praise the Lord and we sing our praises and, and honor to him. And we do it with our clean lips, but our heart, man, is just dirty. And so Paul addresses that. We've talked about uh, last week and this week, we're really talking about communication. And we've all heard it. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. But, man, with texting and all the advances in technology with email and IM and texting, man, it's easy to communicate through so many methods. But the advances, with all the advances, are setback, you know? And, and how many of you text, by the way? Man, do you know this is like a whole new language that is just blowing up all around us? Matter of fact, I, I want to give you, I think we've got six of these. If you get all six of these right, if you get all six of these right, where's Dennis Messer at? Dennis Messer will give you $100, all right? If you get all six of these right, he is praying now, you mess up, all right? But you got to get all six. All right, here you go. Does anybody know what this one is? Nobody? Oh, dude, and you call yourself texters. Starbucks. I don't know. I'm just telling you. You go to NetLingo, and there's all kinds of stuff. All right, so now you're not up to $100, but, but Dennis, because he loves you all, will give you $75 if you get five or more right, all right? Does anybody know what this is? It's close. No? It means talk to the hand. I don't want to talk to you anymore, you know? Talk to the hand. Now you're down to $50. Dennis is loving you a lot more. Does anybody know what this one means? For crying out loud, yeah. Very good. You just got to get four more right, you know. So we got one on the board here. Does anybody know what this one means? It means I haven't a clue. <laughs> I type 404 all the time. I don't know. You know? Does anybody know what this one is? What is it? Oh, that is so close. No, best friends for now. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's what the website says, people. Dennis will give you a hug if you get this one right. You got to be kidding. Dennis, you got to hug a lot of people around here, buddy. Dennis will be at the back door giving away hugs because nobody, and he'll keep his money. You know, and if you text in all caps, I did not know this. You violate netiquette. You ever read this? Netiquette? I'm going, come on, people. 
And, and I, I, you know, I will text, but I just, I would much rather take you out for a cup of coffee and look you right in the eye. You know what I'm saying? Because I want to know if you're lying to me, you know? <laughs> because you can lie over the email. I mean, you can hide behind a text. If you put it in all caps, and my wife is the queen of all caps, and I don't think she knows this, but it means you're shouting at me, you know? I didn't know that. We communicate... Paul was interested in the way that we would communicate. We all struggle with speech. The book of James chapter 3 verses 2 through 12 talks about how it's a rudder that guides us. How it's a a poison, you know, how our tongue is a a deadly poison and it just kind of, you know, works against us. How our tongue is is a a fire out of control. And he said it is hard to control. And I'm telling you. I felt like Charlie Brown this week. Yeah, how many of you remember the old Peanuts comic strips, you know, where he goes to Lucy, you know, for a nickel, he gets great advice. And I'm telling you, she does give some pretty good advice. And this one, she says, Charlie Brown, life is like a deck chair. Some place it so they can see where it's going. Some place it where they, so they can see where they've been. And some place it so they can see where they are at the present. To which Charlie Brown replied, I can't even get mine open. That's been me this week. I am usually kind and gracious and sweet. Apart from what others may tell you about myself. And I'm telling you what, I have been cranky. I have been crabby. I have just been short. I know I'm short, but I mean, I have just been short with people. I am not lying. You can ask Sue Anthony. We had Sue Anthony. She came out from work. We just called her up. We saw her drive in and said, come on over for dinner. And Blake and I were working on something. And he wasn't being, he was just doing what young adult kids do. And I just looked at him and said, I don't need this. And I threw my computer on the hassock, got up and went to bed. Never said goodnight, bye, boo, or nothing to nobody. Everybody was like, ooh. Sue is so sweet because I had been taking a different medicine. She is so sweet. She looked at my wife and she said, he must be having a reaction or something. (laughs) Now I've been cranky all week, you know. I can't get my, my speech unfolded. Because a lot of times, it's hard to have clean lips if you're wrestling with things in your heart. Amen? And a lot of times, we come into church on Sunday morning, and we want to sing praises to God. But a lot of times, we sing with clean lips, but we sing from a dirty heart. Because in this past week, some of us have gossiped. Some of us have been short, right here. With people, some of us have been cranky, some of us have been angry for no reason, and yet we come in and we worship God with supposedly clean lips, but it comes from a dirty part. Paul said, okay, listen, you've got to get this thing right. In Colossians chapter 4 and verse 6, flip with me there in the Bible, he says that you've got to get it down. He says this. He says, let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how to answer everyone. Now, 
Let me just give you the overview of the message. To have right talk and right lips, you got to have a right heart. Last week we talked about showing it, now we're going to talk about speaking it. There's three things you can see them so easy. Please just take it back one, one time, thank you. Just look, there's three things right there in the verse. Your conversation is to be one, full of grace, two, seasoned with salt, three, suitable for everyone. That's the verse. That's the message. But sometimes we get cranky. I don't know what makes us cranky. Maybe you ate the wrong thing. Maybe you're, you, you had more bills to pay at the end of the week than, than money to go around. I don't know what makes you cranky. I, I just know you can't continue to live with a dirty heart and come to church and think you can praise God with clean lips. Don uses this verse a lot in the office and it's one of the verses that he continually brings before us when we worship. He uses the verse from Luke and he says, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what's in our heart comes out of our mouth. So you can say, well, I don't know what made me snap at that person like that. Well, yeah, we do. Got a little dirt in your heart going on there. You say, well, that's just the way I am. By the way, for the rest of us, don't you think we're a little tired of explaining to non-believers why you as a Christian continue to talk like a non-believer? Did you get that? Paul said that as a believer, our conversation, our talk, our speech, that's the word conversation. It's the word logos, same word used in John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the logos. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. It means speech, conversation, dialogue. And it is to be full of grace. This phrase, full of grace, has two different aspects. One is, is the spiritual word grace, charis, which, which means God's unmerited favor. And Paul would take these common words and, and he would give them spiritual meaning. But it also has the idea of charming, pleasantness. Sweetness. When we were in Ireland doing the wedding for Marcy and Nick, and by the way, Nick was here uh, last week with us in the service home from uh, Kuwait and Afghanistan. They use the word in Ireland all the time. Oh, that's quite lovely. That's quite lovely. I would say something and then we go, oh, that's quite lovely. And I would go, yes, it was. And I would say something else, and they would go, oh, that's quite lovely. Until I realized that everybody in Ireland says that's quite lovely for everything, you know? It's quite lovely. When was the last time somebody said, oh, man, said this about you, you're charming. I'm not talking about it in a romantic way. I'm just simply talking about that your speech was engaging, that your speech was pleasant. That your speech had, had an attractiveness to it. That your conversation wasn't dull. That, that your engaging with others was, a, was something that, that just kind of drew them to want to know more about you and what you believe in, and, and more about what, the, who, what lies at the core of who you are. 
By the way, gentlemen, you don't get that by always talking about ESPN. Right? And so he says, let your conversation be full of grace. It's a great word to impress favorably those that are outside the church. And then he said, season with salt. Season with salt. Oh my goodness, this is an incredible phrase. Season with salt. If you look at, if you would, in not far from Colossae, where Paul wrote this too, is a city called Pyurgia. I think I said that right. If I didn't, don't worry about it. And they had a salt lake there. It was a big salt lake. And so Paul gives this imagery because it was so close to their home. And they would understand it. He said, okay, and season your your conversation with salt. Accent it. Now in the Bible, salt did a couple of things back in the olden days. It preserved. It had a sterilizing effect. And it enhanced flavor. My dad has told me stories where as a kid growing up, they would cure out ham or they would, they, whatever they did with ham, you know, and I, I am urban, suburban, you know, I don't know much about this. But they would have the ham under their bed and they would just put it in salt to preserve it. I'm thinking, why don't you just eat it, you know, and just enjoy it? But it's supposed to be seasoned with salt. Now, you see, salt's not really much to us. In our day. If you were to step back in first century Rome, first century uh, Middle East, you would find that that salt was used for a lot of things. In the Old Testament, biblical times, salt sealed a covenant. Matter of fact, the Bible talks in four places about God making a covenant of salt with Israel. That salt was kind of like this, it was the symbol that was an outward sign of an inward commitment between the nation of Israel and individuals in Israel with a holy God. And so when you get to Matthew chapter 5 and Jesus said, you're the salt of the earth. Well, every Jew understood what he was talking about. He was going back to this salt covenant where God made this outward, used an outward symbol salt to express an inward commitment of man to God in this covenant relationship. And that's why Jesus said, but if the salt loses its flavor, what good is it? If it loses its zip, what good is it? Is it to throw it away is what Jesus was saying. By the word, the word salary comes from our word salt. He's not worth his salt. Or he's worth his salt was a, was a, a, a term of, of employment and salary. And also the word salacious comes from that word salt in Colossians 4, 6. So you see, your words can take an upward path and encourage and build up. Or your words can take a salacious path and tear down and hurt others. Do you still have your Bibles open? Look with me in Colossians chapter 3 and verses 8 and 9. Listen to what he says. But you must rid yourself of these. And by the way, these are attitudes of the heart that find their expression through our lips, right? You might as well just amen as I go through these 
if, if you agree that these are attitudes of the heart that find expression through the lips, anger. Oh yeah, Bing nailed us on that one. Angry. Somebody cut you off in the, on the highway this week. Somebody ticked you off, you gossiped about them. Anger. Anger. Then it goes to rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you've taken off the old self and its practices. If you were to flip back to Ephesians chapter 4, if you have your Bibles, flip back to Ephesians chapter 4. I just kind of want to hit some, some highlight verses here about our heart and our lips. Listen to what it says. Look at verse 25, Ephesians, Ephesians 4, 25. It says this. It says, therefore, each of you must put off falsehood. Speak truthfully to his neighbor. Isn't this incredible that Paul has to tell Christians to speak the truth? I mean, don't you just want to go, duh? Doesn't everybody speak the truth? <laughs> what was the text thing for you got to be kidding? Isn't it absolutely incredible that something that we, that we would think comes should be so natural for a Christian? Paul has to remind us over and over again. Look at verse 25. Just see what it says. Drop down to verse 29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. By the way, can I just, uh, and I don't have Facebook. My wife from time to time will tell me what some of you all put on Facebook. Facebook is not a place for you to find out how lewd and crude you can be. There's enough lewdness and crudeness and crassness on the internet. If you got a Facebook, you ought to be committed to letting that Facebook be a light into darkness. With every word you type. There is not a, just because you type it rather than say it, it still flows from your heart. And by the way, if you got something, and this is just for whatever it's worth. If you got something that's torqued you off about somebody else, don't handle it on Facebook. If you don't have enough moxie in your soul to call them up and say, hey, I love you, we need to talk, then you need to let it go, grow up, or both. Amen? You say, Pastor, I thought this was going to be one of them feel-good sermons. I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> Listen to what it says. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. But only what is helpful. By the way, I, I'm telling you, I think Christians ought to have a high standard in language. I really do. Most of us in this room were grown up on a generation of what is called irreverent humor. Mostly promulgated by like Mad TV, Saturday Night Live, shows kind of like that. And some of those are funny and I, I, I get that and, and, and they're cute. But I'm telling you, this thing about irreverent humor makes us accept words and ideas and thoughts that we would never have accepted on our own. I think we ought to have a high standard of language. 
I'm not impressed that you can use a four-letter word. I'll tell you what impresses me is that you can face a calamity situation. You can face a severe hurt in your life and you don't resort to a four-letter word. You turn to a five-letter word, Jesus. Verse 29 again, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Have I told you you can't have clean lips and a dirty heart? Don't think you can gossip about somebody through the week and come in here and sing the song that Don just led us in. You can be moved by the music, but your heart doesn't move God because you got a dirty heart. Don't let any unwholesome communication come out of your heart. Well, what's it supposed, it's supposed to be seasoned with salt? Because somewhere you made an agreement with God that you would be loyal and faithful and true to him and true to his word and you would represent him to a world that needs to see his love, passion, grace, mercy, and forgiveness. So be worth your salt. Season your language with salt. Verse 29. But don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. You ever found people that they're always whining and complaining? Then they go, well, that's just the way I am. Well, change your heart. The rest of us are tired of hearing about it. Amen? Man, God is so good. And if you keep looking at the negative and the bad side of stuff, man, you're just telling God, I I really don't care what you did for me yesterday or the day before or the day before, the day before that. I got a need now and you better step up, big fella. Israel was always in a cycle. They would complain and then what's the next thing they would do? They would sin. It is a very small step from a complaining heart to a sinning heart. Very small. Look at verse 29. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Have you read that verse? Do you know what that verse means? It simply means, if it's not wholesome, shut up. Can I say that? I'll tell you a real funny story. It's got really nothing to do with the message, but... Byron was in first grade. I shouldn't have told you which kid it was, but Byron was in first grade. And they were on bathroom break, and one of the kids made my son, because he didn't know this word was a dirty word, he made my son say a dirty word, or spell a dirty word. He didn't know it was a dirty word, so the kid asked him, you know what this spells? And he said, yeah, and then the kid went, the little gnarly deacon's kid, went went and told the teacher what my son Byron had said. And so the teacher calls Byron up. And anytime Byron gets personal attention with the teacher, which he got quite often, he thought that that was like a good thing. And so he was sitting there just proud as he could be, sitting at her desk and said, did you spell this word? He thought he was going to get, you know, something, something good. He said, yes, ma'am. So you know it's a dirty word? No, ma'am. You don't know that's a dirty word? No, ma'am. Well, now she thought he was lying. Now he's in first grade, coming from a preacher's home. Now I'm wondering why his first grade teacher thinks that we would use words like that in our home. Have you read the passage where it says, let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but you season with salt? So they sent him to the principal's office. 
And it was a good moment, man. Because she said, did you know, Byron, did you know that was a dirty word? No, I didn't know that was a dirty word. She said, well, what is a dirty word at your house? Or no, Byron said, it's not on my list. I said, what do you mean it's not on your list? She said, well, I got a list of words we're not allowed to say in our home. And, and she said, well, what's on your list? And this is what my kid did. He went, stoop, ID. <laughs> Shut, UP. So the principal called me laughing. I sent her a note the next day, said, thank you for your understanding. I promise you that word is now on the list, you know. Let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Season it with salt. A covenant, a salt covenant clearly came to the Jews' mind. Let me give you the last thing. The last one is simply this. The conversation is supposed to be suited to each person. When confronting the masses of people, as Paul and others did, often someone took offense. And Paul stated that each one of us should know how to answer his objectors. And this means that you not only know what to say, but you know how to say it. Listen, if you are one of those Christians who think you've got to talk louder than anybody else to make your point I got a little tip for you. Nobody's listening to you. Because you don't know how to answer people. You may know how to give the answer. But you don't know how to give the answer in a manner that people listen. You just want to argue. You want to puff up. You want to prove your case. So first, or Colossians chapter 4 verse 6 says that where our conversation is to be full of grace. It's to be seasoned with salt. And then we're supposed to be able to talk to people in a manner that's suited, especially for them. We're to be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. See, it's not simply enough that you walk wisely and carefully before unbelievers. We must also talk with them and share the gospel with them. But we must take care of our speech and make sure our speech doesn't come from a dirty heart. That our speech is controlled by grace so that it points to Christ and glorifies the Lord. It means that we have to have grace in our heart. Colossians chapter 3 in verse 6. Look at what, or 16, look at what that book and chapter and verse says. Chapter 3 and verse 16 says this. He says, let the word of God dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish others with wisdom as you sing songs and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your heart. He's simply saying that your heart ought to be a heart of worship. And you cannot worship whether in word or in song, whether songs, hymns, or spiritual songs, you cannot worship, you cannot. It is an impossibility for a Christian to have clean lips and a dirty heart because if your lips are dirty, your heart's going to be dirty. If you've gossiped with your lips, your heart's dirty. If you've fussed with somebody, your heart's dirty. If you've said ungodly things, your heart's dirty. You understand what I'm saying? There is to be no unwholesome talk coming out of our mouth, that it is to be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that when God gives us the opportunity with clean lips and a clean heart, 
we share Jesus in a pure way. Would you bow your heads and would you close your eyes for just a moment? The praise team is going to come back and they're going to start singing by at the cross. And that's where you go anytime you have a dirty heart. You go to the cross. And if you're here today and, and, and this week has been kind of one of those weeks for you, like it was for me. And I'm telling you. I was up at 4.30 this morning because I knew I had to preach this message today. Getting some things right with my Lord so I could tell you and preach this from a clean heart, from clean lips. If your heart is dirty, then come to the cross. Matter of fact, you don't even need to sing another praise and worship song until you take care of the heart issue. If your words have been sharp, divisive, derisive, mean-spirited, angry, ill-tempered, gossiping, dirty heart. If your words have been unwholesome, untrue, unkind, dirty heart. If your words have torn down been destructive hurtful dirty heart come to the cross come to the cross so that in the next few moments you can truly worship the one who is worthy of your worship with clean hands clean lips and a pure heart